Welcome back. Frankie Foster has exited stage right and David Yates has entered stage left, though I'm sure you barely noticed the difference. Here are this week's talking points. We will start. That was my with, joke. Well, you know, you've got to have a good script writer. Um, I was going to use that one. Listen, Bob Monkhouse used to say that about Bob Hope all the time. Right. Let's start with a serious point, Dave, because we are um, now trying to unravel what's happened in, in the wake of the uh, drugs raid in Monastery Evan, which is over a week ago now. We talked about it extensively on last week's programme and have done since. But it's emerged because Jessica Harrington has told um, journalists that her yard has been gone over with a fine tooth comb by yeah. not only the IHRB, by, but by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. And you'd imagine that's being played out across Ireland as we speak. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's the case that it, it's, a, it's a joint venture, isn't it, between those two bodies now. Um, and so, yes, the background on this, very, just to uh, mention it once more, was it a week last Tuesday that it was the, um, the, the raid on, uh, was it the Barantoa Stud mm -hmm. in... Monaster Evan with uh, the Guardi, the um, DAFM, Department of Agri Agriculture, Food and Marine, and the uh, IHRB. Um, they took some samples from the horses who were there. The fallout from it, of course, the um, there was a, a really interesting piece by Paul Kimmage uh, in the Irish Independent last Sunday, in which several trainers were telephoned by a private investigator uh, asking about their relationship with John Warwick, who's the, the practitioner who was using the stud for a clinic uh, during visits. And Jessica Harrington was one of those uh, of whom it was asked, do you, do you know this man? Well, we have a picture of one of your horse boxes uh, on the premises. And so it, it's no massive surprise that, uh, th that the stable was visited by Daffam and by the... IHRB together for testing on the horses. I think that sometimes in journalism one would one would present this as a story and say Jessica Harrington has been visited. Well, if you turn it on its head mm -hmm. and said, well, the, the, the stables uh, who had either boxes that were pictured on the premises or actually were there at the time of the mm -hmm. raid a week last Tuesday, if they didn't receive... Uh, a visit, it would be that would very, be very strange. Yeah. Um, As Jessica Harrington herself has said. Jessica Harrington said, I don't mind them being there. I think it's incumbent on everybody uh, in this case to welcome the testers and thereby show that their operation is clean. Just before we move on, because this is an, an important topic, but nothing much has happened in the last few days, it sounds as though we're not expecting an awful lot to happen any time soon. Well, that seems to be the, the case, doesn't it? I think that whatever the IHRB want to happen and whatever speed they want to proceed at, which is probably not that fast, mm. um, I suspect that they, are, they will have to play by the rules of, of the department and I suspect that they will want to play it very, very... Not they will want to play it very slowly, but that's how they will do it. And... and I suspect that also applies to the tests that were taken on site. Of course, yeah. Ted Walsh said he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. That was on RTE a week yesterday, uh, or at least on the website. And so in the normal course of events, we might expect the regulator to release the results of tests taken. 
were it the IHRB or, or the BHA. But in this case, I think as the junior partner, they will uh, they will play by the the rules of the senior one. Let's talk about uh, Dan Skelton, who reached his 1,000th winner this week. And he's barely been able to keep out of the news for the last three or four weeks. Dave. Yeah. He's it's, a, a, well, it, it's, a, um, it's an indication, that, isn't it, of, of the progress that the yard has made. I mean, it, he learnt his trade at the feet of the master, didn't he, Paul Nichols? And it is, it, it's been said for years and years, uh, Dan Skelton took out a, uh, a license in 2013, that the similarities between the two characters are obvious and very striking, aren't they? And it was interesting that interviewed at Ascot uh, after Favois' victory on Friday, that he recounted his conversation with Paul Nichols after he had reached a thousand uh, winners, which was with a, a, a bumper in a bumper at Folkestone, and Paul Nichols said, "Well, don't worry about that. We're on to the next thousand, which is exactly what you would um, imagine Paul Nichols to say." And uh, Dan Skelton said, um, "That goes for me too." But uh, to go with the thousand, latterly there's been a lot of quality as well, hasn't there? The likes of All Mankind, Roxana, Shan Blue, obviously My Drogo, too, and Protectorat. So it's it, it's. Nichols said last year that it's only a matter of time before Dan Skelton hunts him down and I suspect that it'll be a, a couple or a few years yet but he's clearly getting there isn't he? He is getting there. The other thing I'd noted, Nicky Henderson said that these younger trainers are just doing different things. I mean Dan Skelton for example is now starting to breed his own horses. Yeah. It stands Nubi Negra's side, Dink at, at his Wife Grace's stud, and they, you know, they've got a significant you know, crop of young stock that they're producing themselves, foals, I, yearlings. And I would like to have seen a, a photograph at Ascot with Dan Skelton's wife and that thousandth winner. Headline Grace and Favois. Oh, that's good. Wasn't quite sure where we were headed there, but uh, but it, it was worth it was worth the wait. Uh, our our um, Luck on Sunday sometime um, colleague Lee Mottishead, who occasionally occupies that chair, wrote a very good piece, senior writer in the Racing Post, or a thought-provoking piece on Monday about uh, Cheltenham and the Jockey Club's relationship with hunting, um, as evidenced by Friday's Countryside Day at, uh, at the race course, and um, whether proceeds, A, should go to the Countryside Alliance, and B, whether there should be um, a parade of uh, horses and hounds on the day, Dave. Yeah, and, and also... Lee addressed the decision, the, the editorial decision yes. of ITV not to show uh, the horses and the hounds. At the request of Cheltenham. Yeah, and I think, I think that's the right move, personally. I, I, I suspect By ITV or by Cheltenham requesting ITV not to show it? Because there's a subtle difference. Yeah. It's not ITV's decision. No. It was Cheltenham's decision I, I get to that. ask ITV I, not to show something that Cheltenham themselves had decided to put on. Which is odd. I think that is strange. Uh, it, you would have expected the broadcaster to say, "Right, we've we've decided not mm. to not to show this." It's a strange thing that um, that the request should come from Cheltenham, who are happy to to show that and the parade takes place in front of racegoers that are there, but doesn't. I, I agree with you. I, I think that there is uh, an incongruity, if that's the right word, um, in that. Broadly, I think it's 
I, I think it would have been the right decision for the broadcaster to make. Not that uh, personally, I, I, I uh, if I started the world again, I would not include it. it would not include uh, fox hunting, but. It's not something about which I have a particularly strong view. You know, I, I grew up, I, I've spent my whole life in an urban environment, and um, so I don't suppose people will be massively surprised by uh, my saying that. With regard to the link between hunting and racing, I think, you know... I suppose that's the key, isn't it? Is this a link that racing should try to break? That, that is, I think, the, the, the core of this, I, isn't I mean, it? I mean... Sitting on the fence, really. I don't think it's necessarily a link that we should try to break. It's 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 a link that I don't think one really can break. Um, personally, when they took you know fox hunters out of the and, and called the the Cheltenham race is now called the Hunter Chase, isn't mm -hmm. it? They took out fox hunter. I just thought, well, that doesn't really it doesn't offend me. Uh, the fact the word the, the fact that there's the word fox uh, in the race title. With regard to advertising it, well, no, I wouldn't, because if you are after getting younger people, particularly those, if you're trying to tap into a market such as uh, young people in urban environments, then then advertising your link with Fox. You know, Tony Blair won a landslide in 1997, and the, one of the cutest things he did was tell six formers who yeah. were voting for the first time that he was going to get rid yeah, of fox I, hunting. I, I imagine he was losing a lot of sleep about uh, about hunting at the time, personally. It a, yeah, it was yeah. an electoral trick. Of course um, it was. But it, but it worked, do you want to Do you want to know my view on this? Yeah, I do, because I, I, of course I do. Well, here's the deal. Um, Lee made the very good point in his piece that if you're if you're giving part of your gate proceeds to the countryside alliance you're giving gate money to a political and lobbying organization whose recent history has been somewhat um contentious and i think yeah as a as a as a race course group i think you are in uh, you're in sort of dangerous territory there and so i i do accept that that maybe that 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 shouldn't be part of it on the other hand um the way that hunting is played out now, i.e. not fox hunting, not hunting foxes, but, but organised hunts with hounds, pursuing what is a, an entirely legal activity. I realise there have been breaches of that law, but it is an entirely legal activity. As things stand, it is an in integral part of the fabric of the British countryside still, and as is national hunt racing. Yeah. And Cheltenham is very much the mecca of that. You only have to see the people who go to Cheltenham to realise that. If there is one day in Cheltenham's year where legitimate and legal, lawful country pursuits are showcased, then I think if you're saying that can't then be shown on the national broadcaster, what is the point of having the day at all? Yeah, but that, with, the, with the request coming from, from yeah. Cheltenham. Yeah, I, I, I'm not unsy unsympathetic. That we, the, the fact that there have been... Um, well-reported breaches over the years is, yeah. is not the fault of the law, is no. it? The, the, the law as it's... You know, we, could, we could pin out... Uh, we could bring out any activity for which the, the law is sound if it's obeyed and then say, oh, well, what about this? And, and that doesn't stand up, does it? But Yeah, I, I don't... Um, I, I don't disagree with what you said. As I say, I think, as it, looking at it more broadly, the... Uh, if if they're looking, if racing is looking to get uh, a broader and a younger and an urban customer base, then uh, its association with hunting, I don't think it, it, even it, even people who want to bring back fox hunting with hounds, I think that that's they never going to happen. No, but I'm, the point I'm 
going to make was that even those people would find it difficult to argue with what I've just said. OK, well, it's extraordinary, isn't it? As, it de as indeed it did in, in the 1997 election and sort of every year subsequently, this is... Uh, the subject is taking up a disproportionate amount of air time, which is, uh, seems to be in the case forever. Right. Uh, Hughes, Brian Hughes, he's flying. He's at the top of the jockey's table and he's going to win the, the jockey's championship. Simple as that, Dave. Yes, I think it probably is. Unless he has a, an injury that were to rule him out for a, a, a lengthy period, a, a period of time. He's now on 99 winners for the campaign. As you say, he's flying. Uh, there was a treble... At Catrick, was it Thursday or Friday? And obviously another winner at Haydock yesterday with Barrichello. He's on the 99 uh, winner mark for the season. And you just looking, I'm looking at the, the table now, which I've written down. Um, Sam Twiston Davis, 57. Sean Bowen, 53. Paddy Brennan doing brilliantly on 52. And Harry Skelton, the reigning title holder, on 41. So a, by my maths, 42-plus lead that Brian Hughes enjoys at the moment tells you that, barring accidents, he's going to get his crown back so here's in a, April. Here's a question for you. We all get our knickers in a twist about how the Jockeys' Championship on the flat should be run and where the staging post should be and you know, how merit is best judged. The jump racing for seven, 16 or 17 of the last 20 championships, it's been won by the end of August, beginning of September. Um, so isn't that actually the, about the least stimulating championship you can, you can possibly have? Like, whoever's bothered to get out there and ride a ton of winners in the summer, no disrespect to Brian Hughes, who I think is brilliant. Yeah, agreed. Yes, well, it, you know, it, it, like you say, the, the flags that are now in place uh, on the flat season, yeah, maybe... It, it, Maybe they should think about that in terms of in terms of the jumps, uh, the National Hunt Jockeys title. That I mean, I suppose basically you'd you would just start it later, wouldn't you? You'd you'd start it. Mm. What the showcase meeting? Q Q howls of derision sure. from all and sundry. Yeah, there were howls. howls there, there still are howls of derision in certain places about the the flat jockeys title, aren't there? You know, this year it was exciting, um, but. There are lots of people who, who like the idea that, well, it should run from March to November. The one thing I would add, and I realise we're running way over time, um, is that now the Donald McCain stable is starting to get back to where it was. It's highly possible, and I really hope this happens, that McCain-Hughes becomes a force at the major fixtures and in the major races. Because then we'll be able to see this ri ridiculously talented yeah. guy showcase his stuff on the biggest stage where he should be doing it. Well, the the, the stable um, is on its way back in terms Big of time. numbers and quality, isn't it? So yeah. if that con if that curve continues, then that's what's going to happen. Let's talk about a man who has been champion jockey, but it's not been the focus of his life for a long time, Frankie Dottori. Uh, his film premiered um, earlier this week... Uh, subtitled show me how good you are and I think he did show us how, how good he was um, in, in this very raw and candid documentary which has been brilliantly made it's it's uh, it's very easy to forget isn't it um, given Dottori's success over the last few years with John Gosden where he has he's found that that, that pretty much perfect 
work-life balance, hasn't he? Where whereby he doesn't take hundreds and hundreds hundreds of rides every season, but he still partners lots of uh, Group One winners. It's it's easy to forget the. Um, the ups and downs that that career has had, isn't it? Particularly in uh, 2012, where uh, there was the cocaine ban, there was the instance where, uh, for the the Derby meeting, he was riding at Haydock on the Saturday. The 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 our most celebrated flat race was missing our most celebrated jockey. Um, it's easy to forget those troubled times. Um, what this what this shows us, and it's something that uh, we, we say in the press room to each other all the time, and that is we will weep bitter tears when the Tory says, who is 51 next month, mm-hmm. we will weep bitter tears when he says, right, that's it, I've had enough. Because whether it's the highs or the lows, he has been consistently box office. There are there have been attempts over the last couple of years maybe to to have a a, a prince regent uh, as regards Dottori and someone who can take that mantle when he finally does retire. Nobody ever will. No one will come close. We, we are there are lots of things in horse racing currently and principally I think the 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 small, relatively small number of stables who contest the big prizes. I think that works to the sport's detriment. But we have been blessed to live uh, and work in an age that has the Tory in it. When Gosden says in the film uh, he's the finest jockey I've ever legged up on a horse, and you think, yeah, and you were regularly putting up Piggott, Shoemaker, Pink Eye, McCarran, Delahousey, and all the others, Fallon, yeah, Cawthon. Absolutely, and. The other thing that you can say is that at 50, when that old racing media cliche about someone riding as well as ever, well, physically, physiologically, whether that's possible, I don't know. But he's he's certainly not far away from it, is he? Um, Let's talk about when a horse is under starter's orders in relation to Nicky Henderson's comments about Cascova at Ascot. It was lining up in a small field, novice chase, didn't jump off. Can, was was declared a runner, and therefore you've you've done your money. Now this has been going as long as I've been watching racing, Dave. This debate, yeah, it has. Um, the race title was the Windsor Horse Rangers Limited mm-hmm. Novices Handicap Chase, and we almost needed something of the sponsor's product, didn't we? Um, at the start, here, horse rangers. Um, the I I think that um, in this case, I mean, I, I, I've watched. This particular um, non-starting several times, and there's absolutely no doubt in in this case that Cascova has every is being led in has every opportunity to to join uh, the two horses that are in opposition, and he just chooses not to do so. Now, I take on board. Nicky Henderson's point, and this one was, was there could have been a couple of other um, talking points added as a result of your interview um, earlier, but this one, um, the trainer's view is that, well, uh, if, he doesn't, if he doesn't cross the starting line, how can be deemed as a starter? And I think the answer to that is that if you, if you have an opportunity to start and you don't, then 
you are you are yeah. deemed as you you are deemed as a starter. Yeah, and I, I think I, that's the right thing. I, I think if a horse is miles away from the tape and has shown zero inclination of starting, and the starter can have made the call beforehand to say take that horse away, I'm not interested. That's fine. Then. You know, obviously, it's not it's not come under orders. If it is lined up on the tape, the tapes go back and it just stands stock still. I think it has to be a runner. Yeah, I I, I do. Um, you know, the there's the the mathematical reality of this, of course, is that on Friday you backed a, a four to one shot who decided not to start and you didn't get a run for your money. If you backed Favoir, of course, mm. then you didn't get a, a a rule four when you went to collect. So obviously that mathematically there are there are swings and roundabouts wherever you stand what an amazing career the stallion pivotal has had not just as a sire but as a broodmare sire of significant influence he died this week at the age of 28 at Cheveley Park stud where he had covered mayor so successfully for so long his initial covering fee was six thousand pounds it dropped to three thousand pounds after that before steepling north of six figures uh, a remarkable animal himself, whose victory in the Nunthorpe over evening performance was his crowning glory. Um, few would have been able to guess the impact he could have made as a stallion. Absolutely. This was the last of Pivotal's six starts, trained, of course, by Samart Prescott and running in the Chevy Park stud silks for whom he stood. He retired in 2020 at the end of the covering season, and he, his death was reported at, at the age of 28 on Friday, there's George Duffield. As you say, it, it sort of um, he he covered he covered every base. I don't mean covered. You see what I mean? Kilaki, uh, Sariska, African Story, mm. Far, Glenshiel, Adabe, Siuni, who now, of course, is a successful stallion himself. As you say, sire of broodmares. Um, he sired the the dams of Tenebrism, Love, Cracksman, Magical, um, a, a an, an absolutely uh, extraordinary career at studs, a son of Polar Falcon, as you say, whose whose fee dropped to three thousand. And I think it's uh, when we talk about. I, I always think that uh, when we talk about horses' racecourse careers and and races that make stallions, what makes a horse's stallion career is his performance at stud, isn't mm. it? In that we, you know, going into it, we can you can run in whatever races you like. Pivotal is what was living proof that you can start with not 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 from humble beginnings. He was mm. he was a Group One winner, but he was uh, upgrading really ordinary mares yeah. and getting Group One winners out of them. But it, and and once he started doing that, as you say, uh, the the fee went from three thousand up through into six figures simply because he was a. A huge success at what he did. A loss for sure, but a great life and an extraordinary legacy. Pivotal, who died this week at the age of 28. And those were this week's Talking Points. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiworld Dubai.